This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alright guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here to recap all the fun and festivities from Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Um, fortunately for me, uh, for anyone who's listened to this podcast from the very beginning, uh, one of us had to get their Super Bowl pick right uh, to <laughs> give this podcast some legitimacy moving forward. And sure enough, um, my pick of the Chiefs in the preseason turned out okay. It uh, wasn't exactly a shocking pick, um, so I can't take too much credit for that. It wasn't like they came out of nowhere. Uh, but that's all right, Dylan. You got the actual game pick right. So we both picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And uh, what you know, at first, we were all kind of you know going into the fourth quarter. We looked at it and we're thinking, wow, you know, what, what's going on here? And uh, we're just going to sit back and everyone's going to start asking if, if Patrick Mahomes can win the big one, which <laughs> is such an, an absurd question. Um, and then, sure enough, uh, he does his thing. And here we are, Chiefs win their first Super Bowl uh, in 50 years. Yeah, I was really close to getting at least the Chiefs losing the Super Bowl uh, correct before the season. I did not obviously choose the Niners to be the opponent in the game. But nonetheless, yeah, it's crazy how much the narrative about both teams and now Kyle Shanahan and whether that's fair or not, we can go into. But uh, the narrative just flips in that fourth quarter. Everything, it's looking like it's all Niners at that point. I mean, they, uh, for a lot of the game, did not, you know, play incredibly well on, on offense but they're able to get enough points and then they, you know force some turnovers and the defense really was you know Mahomes did not look like himself it it was uh I, I was talking to some of the guys at our office during the game it he had that took that one shot early in the game from Jimmy Ward and I was wondering if that was part of it I mean he it wasn't necessarily the reads he just had throws that he wasn't making right on the money like you usually expect from someone of his caliber but yeah in that fourth quarter everything <laughs> everything flips around and uh I was funny like thinking back like it, it reminded me not exactly the same as the Texans Chiefs game where they're losing 24-0 but on Twitter you had all these people People kind of having these hot takes about Mahomes and the Chiefs, and then the same kind of things were happening. I, I saw guys, you know, putting the stats up of Jared Goff's uh, stats in the Super Bowl last year next to Mahomes and how close they were. You know, this is with about 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it's like there's still some time, guys. Like, yeah. I, you know, but it's a credit not just to what Mahomes is able to do, but their defense of the Chiefs really stepped up and started getting stops. And it kind of starts with Chris Jones. I mean, the amount of plays I watched the fourth quarter again uh, last night and again this morning. Um, the amount of plays that he had where, uh, you know, there's uh, criticism now for some of these uh, passes that were called by Kyle Shanahan instead of keeping the, 
the ball on the ground. But there were throws to be that, that were there, and Chris Jones twice just, you know, disrupted it, whether it be getting pressure, quick pressure on Garoppolo or actually knocking down a couple of passes. He was incredible. And I think out of all the guys, when I look back at this game, I mean, Mahomes deserves all the credit um, and I, I think deserves a Super Bowl MVP. A lot of people argue that Damian Williams had an argument there, but I think one guy that's a little more unsung because the stat sheet doesn't necessarily show, but if you watch the game, the guy that really made a huge impact and kept the Chiefs in it when they needed stops was Chris Jones. It was He was phenomenal and uh, props to, you know, that defense overall, you know, if they hadn't improved over from what they did last year. I mean, last year, talk about Mahomes being able to win the big game. He played incredible in that AFC title game against the Pats, but their defense is just going to get a stop. And in this game, you see how far this defense for Kansas City has come and it really made them a more complete team and a team that is still ascending, which is kind of scary thought for everyone in the NFL. Yeah, it is. And let's uh, let's stick with the man of the hour for a minute because, um, you know, I was thinking we were mentioning the comeback against the Texans and then, you know, you go back really throughout this entire playoff run. It's not as if, you know, he's played just 12 quarters of just purely, you know, perfect football. Like if it, It's almost like he has literally taken a quarter in each of these games and just completely turned the tide of the game in, in a span of one quarter. And it's like, I don't know how this guy does this, but um, it's pretty remarkable. And of course, he, he sets the the first player in NFL history, you know, to to lead a team, I think it was I don't even remember what it was, it three double digit comebacks in, in a the single playoffs. postseason. Yeah. yeah, in the playoffs. So so you know, you combine all that together and it's just man, I don't even I don't even know what you say about this guy, like I said, because it's like how quickly he's able to flip the game and mm-hmm. the plays like you said he made in the Texans game. Then you go to the Titans game where I think it was Titans were up 17 to 7. Like, God, it was like five minutes left in the mm-hmm. second quarter. And, you know, the Chiefs scored two touchdowns. They go in. Uh, of course, he had his run, that, that just crazy run. They go in with the lead in that one. And then, like we said, in this one where the Chiefs scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to win. Um, I Yeah, I don't even know what else you say about this guy. I mean, it's just. I, I, you know, there's a lot of great players in the NFL, but it's like for anyone that can just turn a game as quickly as he can, I mean, I guess you throw Lamar Jackson in that conversation, but like even him, like, I don't know, man, it's uh-huh. just, it's remarkable what he's been able to do. Well, we haven't seen at least, I mean, Lamar Jackson still got a lot of football, both these guys ahead of them, but Lamar Jackson so far, you know, we have not seen him come back from big deficits. The Ravens, not just this year, but last year with all their wins, they really thrive by getting a lead and protecting it and getting into the rhythm as a uh, with their running game. Mahomes has the ability, like you're saying, just no matter what the score is, the Chiefs are still in it. You still feel as long as you have that guy back there, you got a shot. And I mean, the weapons they have are great. They had some great play calls. Uh, I know people talking about the third and 15 play Play that they convert to Tyreek Hill how does he get so wide open it's not like it's by accident it's a design play to that defense we were talking about before um, our podcast last week about how often the Niners go to this kind of three deep coverage it's a uh, they go to it all the time it's not you know, anything new the Chiefs knew what was going to happen and they had a beater for it they have the Sammy Watkins kind of running in or out to take one safety in then you isolate one guy and Tyreek Hill sprinting full speed that's not going to end well for you most of the time uh, <laughs> and even though it was uh, you know lobs it up there Mahomes knew exactly where he had to put the ball it's kind of funny to see people uh, I think Skip Bayless said it was a duck and I'm like I mean he's got pressure in his face he puts the ball up there before Tyreek's even there he knows where he's going to be this isn't a thing that most guys can do and for Mahomes credit like I'm saying early in the game he had a number of throws that were just not uh, pinpoint like we expect from him but when they needed him to down the stretch I mean the one to Sammy Watkins which that route was incredible on Richard Sherman on that last or second to last touchdown drive the one that gave him the lead but the throw again from Mahomes right on the money made all the right decisions even the pick he had when Tyreek 
Tyree Kill couldn't catch it. It was a little behind him, but at least it's the right call. He wasn't really making too many force plays. Only that one, the first pick, was the one that maybe stands out. But overall, for Mahomes, just it's it's crazy that even when he is struggling like this uh, for parts of the game, how quickly he can turn it on and how at that you know it, it just changes the game uh, in a way that so many guys in the NFL, there's so many great quarterbacks, but not many guys have that gear uh, where no matter what the uh, you know circumstances are, no matter how good the defense he's facing is, he can just turn it in a flash. And the Chiefs have seen it all year. Yeah, three zero uh, in the postseason, trailing all three games by ten plus points. And then I, I th- the other stat was on this whole season overall, Mahomes this year was five and zero whenever he faced a double digit deficit. They know, all he, <laughs> he, I think they, of their four losses, he started three of those games, and in those games, they never trailed by double digits. It's just kind of crazy <laughs> that uh, uh, how, how he's able to lead these comebacks. He's incredible, man, and it's it's he's only getting started like we're talking about yeah it's funny you're all the jokes and all the different sports about you know the nba three ones the worst lead you can have um you know hockey whatever people might joke <laughs> two, about the worst lead goal. yeah two goal lead in <laughs> hockey uh well double digit deficit or double digit lead against patrick mahomes that has become the new worst <laughs> possible lead you can have in the nfl uh, but yeah it was you know and, and, and you said it a minute ago it wasn't his tail i mean damian williams a lot of people were you know, lobbying for him to win MVP based on how he played. Uh, you mentioned, you know, what Chris Jones did. Then you've got uh, our guy Mitchell Schwartz. Yes. Uh, the highest graded player in the playoffs by Pro Football Focus. How about that? And that helps Mahomes, of course. Uh, there you go. If you want to give some credit, and you know he would, and he already has, uh, his linemen certainly played a big part uh, in that as well. And so uh, terrific Terrific job uh, for them and Andy Reid, of course, uh, someone who is uh, getting his Super Bowl. And I think, you know, we talk about Andy Reid and uh, if you want to just – a guy that's just universally liked. And I think you you see kind of what the Eagles put out as soon as the game was over. You know, they're congratulating him. And just one of those guys is simply impossible to dislike. And for him (laughs) – you know, to to win a Super Bowl, everybody, that's the one thing everybody's always brought up with him. Um, can he get his team, you know, to that point to win a Super Bowl and now to finally win it? Uh, he is just, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of a kind. And like I said, he's one that, that I think everybody roots for. It's probably, probably rooting for last night uh, mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, a fan of the 49ers. Yeah, I know the Eagles owner was in attendance and was quoted saying he's never rooted so hard in, in football for any non-Eagles team <laughs> as he did on Sunday. But yeah, Andy Reid, obviously well-deserved. He gets his, you know, was the winningest coach to ever not have a Super Bowl. That's a credit uh, to just, you know, before this point, how good he's been. I mean, I, I don't think there was any question, even if he came up short about him being in the Hall of Fame. I saw people tweeting and he cemented his spot there. I think it was already cemented, but nonetheless, it does help to get the Lombardi Trophy under your belt and yeah I couldn't feel happier for him I thought it was uh, kind of fitting in a poetic way uh, there was a tweet I saw I can't remember who it was that showed this exact situation of the uh, Super Bowl when the Eagles lost to the Patriots the one of the Super Bowl he coached in and in both cases his teams were losing by 10 and they got the ball back with about eight and a half, eight forty-five left in the game and that one uh, famously the Eagles basically drained the entire clock before getting the touchdown the Pats were able to run out the clock pretty much after that 
But in this case, I, it's a completely different mentality from Andy Reid. It's, it was also funny looking all the things that have, people have said about him with clock management. He has all three timeouts <laughs> when this game ended. <laughs> Didn't have to worry yeah. about it. Well, they called the one with like five seconds left. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, it was just amazing to see and well-deserved and all everything kind of paid off there. And uh, him and Mahomes, really a, a perfect pairing of uh, two guys and what they're able to do. And uh, they're, uh, as we keep saying, they're not <laughs> close to being done. And I, even on the post-game show on NFL Network, they were talking and Mahomes and him were already talking about next season. They're already looking ahead <laughs> to trying yeah. to, to build on this. They don't they don't want to just win one ring. They want to build something that uh, can last in Kansas City for a long time. Yeah, I know Andy Reid was getting all the questions about, you know, how much longer is he going to coach and all that. And he pretty much said, well, as long as Patrick Mahomes is here, he makes it pretty easy. So uh, he could probably coach a long, long time. So, yep, uh, good for Andy Reid. And, uh, you know, that, that was the positive on the coaching side. Now on the negative of the coaching side, uh, someone has to lose this game. And uh, that was the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Who, um, you know, it's look, it's the biggest game, it's the biggest sporting event of the year. I mean, you're always going to have people that are second guessing a coach, and you're going to have a lot of upset fans, um, you know, out there second guessing everything. Um, he, he's taken some criticism, I think, you know, based on how that game played out, and I think some of it, you know, pretty unfair in terms of just, yeah. I don't, again, I don't know what else you do. We, we've mentioned this so many, for so many weeks in a row now with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you can only do so much sometimes against him. Yes, you know, maybe they could have done a couple things differently on offense. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, again, we, I think we have to remember here too, and I'm not just making excuses, but it's like, you know, the, the Niners were in complete control of this game mm-hmm. pretty much for, you know, the, up until six minutes left. Like, it was just, it's so crazy. You see all the win probability charts and all that, um, and you almost wonder if it's just bad luck for Kyle Shanahan to be on the, the end of that one, uh, to be involved with the one with the Falcons and the Patriots. Um, just not, not a great Super Bowl trend for, for our friend Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it's as you said, it's pretty unfair. I mean, we mentioned at the top how the narrative just flipped so quickly for both teams, really. You're talking about Andy Reid still possibly not winning one. Mahomes, can he win the big one? That whole ridiculous narrative. And now on Shanahan about what he was able to do and clinking this to the, the last Super Bowl. I mean, there's such different games. and but I mean, it's not completely unwarranted. Uh, there's some points early in the game where they could have been more aggressive. Everyone's going to think about, you know, the, the image of John Lynch and even Wes Welker yeah. in the back of the suite uh, calling for the time out them not doing it and obviously ends up costing him obviously the the questionable pi was part of that as well but uh there's some moments or you know in this after they got that 10 point lead where it did feel like they were protecting it kind of trying to run out the clock but at the same time you got to give the chiefs credit I mean, what you, with the Niners, the way they were able to run all year, the Chiefs not being one of the better run defenses, why wouldn't you start running the ball and trying to run the clock out uh, with that much time left? And it's not like, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought played pretty well, but he did miss a lot of reads. I mean, we have some of the plays, though, like we mentioned, Chris Jones just making amazing plays when Jimmy G did have guys open and made the correct decision, and it just didn't happen because of a spectacular defensive play. But there are other, there's tons of images of Kittle running wide open and putting his hands up. There's uh, another one, I think, Emmanuel Sanders early in the game. So different things he missed. One of the stats, Eric Eager on Twitter of PFF, he tweeted out that in the Super Bowl, Jimmy G was one for nine 
for 20 yards and two picks when pressured. That's not that's not going to get it yeah. done. He didn't have a pass uh, completed with over 20 y- yards in the air. It's just uh, <laughs> that's. I mean, we talked about it before the Super Bowl. The Niners probably have the better team, but the, uh, it's equal outside of the quarterback. But when you think about Mahomes versus him and what Mahomes can do in these tough situations and how he's able to improvise compared to Jimmy G, who really needs at this point, he's he still can make these throws. Uh, he you know if he gives you give him back that throw to Emmanuel Sanders on third. And 10 late with under two minutes left he might hit that uh, you know five out of ten times but it's not you know it's just (laughs) he's not the kind of guy that's really going to carry you and I think that's got to be part of this for Kyle Shanahan too that's uh, I mean not fair completely I mean the play calls people did criticize him for not running enough or running it was like you saw the arguments on both sides it's like what's the guy supposed to do he made some great calls and again the Chiefs just made some great plays and you have to give him credit because I mean they were in a really tough spot on that you know going back to in the third quarter that was another stat that unfortunately like you're saying is going to be tied to Kyle Shanahan he's now been the coach of the two teams with the <laughs> highest win probability per ESPN to win the Super Bowl that I've ended up losing it was 99.7 yeah. was the peak for the Falcons and I think that yeah the Niners was something like 96.1 uh, going into that third and 15 when Mahomes completed the long pass to Tyree Kill so Kyle Shanahan still got a lot of yeah, a pretty young guy got a lot of years ahead of him not just in San Francisco potentially wherever he ends up way down the line who i'm sure he'll be in san francisco for a long time they have a great nucleus and so much young talent i think they're going to be completely fine but uh that's just it it is part of it though when you have you you have such a great team you do all the things right roster wise but if you just don't have that top kind of five top 10 quarterback it can be the difference when you are facing someone of patrick mahomes's caliber yeah, the win probability, I was looking it up, 95.3%. It's seven minutes and 26 seconds left <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, and then that's how quickly the next play, the, the long pass to Tyree Kill, and from there uh, it was all Chiefs. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that. no doubt that one's going to sting for Kyle Shanahan. It's going to sting for 49ers fans. Uh, but like we said, it was one of those things where, as we've seen throughout the playoffs, when the Chiefs get rolling, there's simply no way to stop them. And uh, the 49ers, unfortunately, learned that one the hard way uh, here. So, uh, fun game. Uh, I think it was uh, the ratings came out uh, the 10th most uh, highly watched, uh, I think, uh, mm-hmm. game in Super Bowl history. So, a lot of people watching, as always. And um, as uh, I joked on Twitter, um, all of us, pretty much everyone, I think, trying to figure out how Shakira is 43 and Jennifer Lopez is 50. Um, but somehow they are. Um, and uh, that was sort of the common uh, joke on Twitter throughout is uh, I that makes me feel old. But also it's like, uh, as the joke I made was, you know, I'm over here, you know, eating chicken wings and, and when they're out there, you know, putting on this uh, unbelievable halftime performance, man, I don't know what it is, but uh, I clearly don't have those genes. So. No, it's all, I mean, not plenty of people don't. I don't think you're alone. And I mean, we were here at the office at Clutch Points with pizza and some wings and uh, and some breadsticks and stuff. So yeah, we weren't exactly <laughs> exactly just sitting here like working out, trying to get in shape watching that. But I, the, the highlight for sure for me was just the reactions on Twitter though. There's so many funny yep. things people were saying, all the NBA ones. Uh, I think Giannis and Ted Combo, his one about how he almost got in trouble watching it and I was just like, oh my gosh. It was, uh, it was funny stuff. But yeah, that was, no, uh, definitely you know, a lot of years now working at Clutch Points, working these Super Bowls, half 
halftime, a lot of times I'm kind of tuned out because I want to take a second to regroup yep. before getting back into it. But I had to watch this one. It was a, it was definitely a great show. Yep, that was good. So um, there's that. But um, that sort of, you know, pretty much uh, I think covers the, the game itself. Now, Dylan, the most important part, of course, for us, here on the podcast was not, you know, just the final score and the uh, analysis on the game. It was the prop bets because um, in our previous episode, we went through and made picks for all of these. uh, Just, you know, not every single one of them. We picked the best ones and uh, we made our choices for them. So we're going to quickly run through those before we talk about uh, a pretty big news item here before uh, we, we hop off for this episode. But Let's start uh, here with our prop bets. Now, again, we went through all these. We made picks, um, and we're going to kind of go back through them and, and reassess whether our analysis was really on here. Um, heads or tails? Yes. Uh, if you didn't listen to this previous five, <laughs> we did. We did a good 15 minutes on heads or tails. Um, I'm kidding. We didn't spend very long. Dylan picked tails. I picked heads. Uh, Dylan gets the win uh, in this one. So no analysis needed, I, I don't think, on this one, other than tails. Tails never fails. That was um, that was what all the, the people were saying. So, all right, let's really get into this one, though, because this is the one I think that flabbergasted all of us. Um, I would be willing to bet, of course, I don't have the numbers on these, but I would be willing to bet that just a, a larger, much larger percentage of people took the over on the national anthem with Demi Lovato than the under. However, Dylan, we both failed. One minute, I think, and 51 seconds. Uh-huh. Um, man, she she just really sped through this thing. And I just sit over here the whole time just getting laughed at because I'm like, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> man, she she didn't know. One minute, 51 seconds. It was pretty funny here. We, uh, one of our guys at the office had a timer for it. And, I, yeah, we clocked <laughs> it around a minute 50, something like that. But, yeah, it was she was moving. And we noticed, uh, as many people did early on, it's like, wow, this is probably not going to be that close and it ended up getting a little closer at <laughs> yep. the end. She stretched out some of those final uh, parts, but uh, still, yeah, ended up coming in pretty short. I, I was looking like we were talking about, the re- there was a rehearsal thing that came out and it moved the the, the line up, uh, the over-under <laughs> to like two minutes. I think at some places it was two minutes and five seconds. So we even moved up from our mm. two minutes that we had when we did this at some of the sports books that were uh, had this prop. Uh, yeah, pretty unbelievable. Going, You looked at, there was people looking at when she sang, I think at the World Series one time and some other, some other sporting events. <laughs> And one of those was two minutes and four seconds. One was like one fifty eight. So easily her slowest time in one of these. So not one we we, we saw uh, coming. I don't think a lot of people did. A lot of people were probably you know uh, you're supposed to be <laughs> a little more respectful during the national anthem. I think there were a lot of people uh, yelling at their TVs for her to slow down. Yep. yep. Great, great job, Demi. But uh, you cost a lot of people some money. Um, but then again, anyone who put too much money on the uh, the over under the national anthem in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they deserved it. So um, I don't think you put uh, your too much of your bankroll on that one. Probably not a great idea. Uh, all right, this one I think a lot of people probably bet on maybe a little bit more. The over-under of the actual game, and uh, I went with the under because I said I could see this being sort of a low-scoring game for a little while before things started to pick up. Nailed it. That's yep. kind of how it was. Uh, you picked the over. Uh, you did it in all caps and exclamation points. Um, <laughs> but uh, as we said, it turned out 31-20, final score. So uh, the under crowd uh, got that one, sort of played out how we expected. Um, now this one, now this our next one was our, our pick for our favorite prop bet. Now this was the one we thought was great from a pricing standpoint, as well as the one that we pretty much thought was a no-brainer. 
We both ultimately decided that, you know, mentioning Raheem Mostert being undrafted was the lock of the century. And sure enough, Dylan, that happened. But uh, the one we did discuss was uh, the plus 275 on a mention of Colin Kaepernick, which did not happen. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I, I I did you know looking back, they didn't. I don't believe they said his name uh, during the NFC title game either when they were dominating the Packers. You know, you'd think given uh, Kaepernick's, especially the divisional round game when the Niners made that Super Bowl seven years ago, he yep. ran for two hundred yards or whatever the heck against the Packers. You thought that would have come up in that game, uh, did not. Then his name not mentioned yesterday. So pretty crazy. I don't know uh, what went into that. I don't, we were saying. You're like, do you think the NFL said something? Because they, they, they talked a lot about, you know, the last time the Chiefs made the Super Bowl. I know it's 50 yep. years ago, but you'd think, I mean, the Niners having a, their history and, you know, the one other time they'd, they'd made it since their last Super Bowl win was seven years ago with Kaepernick basically leading that team to that Super Bowl. It's kind of crazy. But, yeah, I, as we said, though, the one we were most confident in was Mostert. It took a second because, I mean, Tevin Coleman was on the field a lot early. Mostert really didn't get going until the second quarter. Then finally Joe Buck uh, blurred it out and I was just like yes there we go got got, the, got our one that we said was 100% lock but yeah Kaepernick still surprised I, I don't know if there's something behind the scenes though there that uh, led to them not saying his name well we nailed the most short one but uh, this next one we did not get this was this was one we, we really kind of tried to dissect here but ultimately we probably should have known that the best bet was probably on Patrick Mahomes and now this was the over under 26 and a half on the jersey number of the first touchdown score in the game. Uh, it ended up being Mahomes, and we both took the over because I think we were looking at the possibilities of the different options that you had uh, on that one, which, of course, it seemed like that group maybe, and you had sort of better odds to, yeah, that to sort of thing. take the over. That was the big thing. Um, you know, you felt like given the group that was possible, which I think we decided, you know, Damian Williams was right there at that line, and we were thinking it was going to be him. And then, as you mentioned, Dylan, Darwin Thompson, yes, uh, someone who got into the mix. Yes, and it was you had them, of course, and Raheem Mostert, uh, Kendrick Bourne, of course, Kittle and Kelsey were the two others that we thought could be in that that over group. But, you know, once again, Patrick Mahomes still in all the thunder. Um, so he was the one uh, to to take the first touchdown, so we missed on that one. Uh, this next one, uh, another no-brainer, I thought, and we kind of talked about it. Uh, but, Dylan, this played out exactly as we thought. Uh, more Chiefs passing attempts or Niners rushing attempts. Uh, the Chiefs passing attempts uh, won pretty easily here. Yeah, I thought it was going to be maybe a little closer. The, uh, the I, I did not expect Garoppolo to end up throwing 30-plus times. That's, you know, mostly uh, buoyed by those last couple drives where he's throwing every single time. But yeah, I thought the Niners would have probably stuck with it a bit more on the ground uh, at certain points of the game, especially at parts of the second half. They had that their first half touchdown drive. They went right down the field. They had a couple of play action passes, but overall that was mostly just the offensive line pushing people around. Even their first drive where they settled for a field goal a lot of big gaps um you know the end around to Debo and all the stuff they were doing it was you thought it looked like the same kind of thing we've seen from San Francisco all year so I thought it would have been maybe a little uh closer but it kind of ended up playing out like we talked about in terms of the Niners having to throw more than they'd want to because of Mahomes just you know finding a way to put up points it happened later than we expected but yeah not not too shocking on this one yeah, and uh, I kept rolling right along on our next one, which tied in. We'll have more receiving yards. I picked Travis Kelsey, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute why I picked Travis Kelsey. Uh, you picked George Kittle. It was very close. Uh, Kelsey had 43. Kittle had 36. 
uh, I was really thinking, you know, Kelsey gets that first touchdown, um, and I was looking ahead. I was like, uh-oh, like this is my MVP. I picked him <laughs> as my MVP. We'll go ahead and get into that one. Um, I was like, all right, I got to pick an outside-the-box MVP candidate. We all know I picked Travis Kelsey. Dylan, you picked Patrick Mahomes. I thought – after he caught that first one, I was like, here's how it's going to end. The next time, they're going to come down again. They're going to throw it to Kelsey. He's going to get two <laughs> touchdowns. No choice but to give him the MVP. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. But uh, as we said going in, you know, both these teams did a pretty good job d- defending the tight end, and uh, that's kind of what we saw in this game. Yeah, absolutely. That was the uh, striking looking at their overall numbers, both guys hovering around 30, uh, 40 yards. The, I mean, Kelsey definitely made some bigger plays down the stretch of the game on some of those drives. Uh, obviously, the touchdown, but just some of the other conversions where Mahomes got him in those quick plays. Kittle, a few times. I mean, he could have, I, I know, not one that I was incredibly confident in between the two, but Kittle had a number of plays where he was either open and just missed on the read by Garoppolo or the, going back to those plays where Chris Jones batted it down. He had Terrell Suggs beat really bad on the – it was the drive when the Chiefs had just made it 20-17. to 17. It was a second and five play. He was going to get at least 10-15 there, which would have probably given me this bet potentially. But, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, the Chiefs defense not letting it happen. Nope. Uh, and then some of the dark horse picks we had for MVP – uh, we'll just throw them all together. Sammy Watkins, Emmanuel Sanders were the two I had. I had Raheem Mostert if the 49ers won. You had Jimmy G if the 49ers won, plus uh, McCole Hardman and Matt Breida. Again, these were all about value. Uh, Hardman was at plus 5,500. Breida was at 7,500. Um, <laughs> ultimately, I think of that group, as we were talking about before we started recording, and we mentioned him earlier, but Sammy Watkins, you know, that that huge play uh, he had on, on Richard Sherman. He goes for five receptions, 98 yards. Uh, he had six targets in the game uh pretty pretty fine performance from sammy watkins Mm -hmm. and that's what they wanted from him you know that was one of the things where when they brought him in you know i think everybody kind of looked at him and didn't really know what to expect because you remember back you know kind of his his past stops and you're thinking okay can he still be kind of that same type of receiver you know we thought he could be and you know aside from being injured this year and all that i mean he's he's still someone that shows Mm -hmm. uh, that when he gets it i mean he can go yeah, he's a guy that not every game is going to put up huge numbers. But we saw, I mean, going back to the AFC Championship last year when they lost to the Pats, Sammy Watkins went off in that game, made some huge plays. And then over the course of this year, still, you know, not the number one option necessarily, but a guy that can really rely on in big spots. And that play, uh, that's so cool to, uh, you probably saw um, after the game, was talking about where he got uh, the idea for kind of how to run that route is from yeah. a play that didn't even, you know, was really inconsequential to the NFC title game where the Packers were already going to lose but Devonte adams knowing that richard sherman's going to is really uh, tends to kind of force guys inside keep his outside contained on those routes he faked outside got sherman to jump and uh, you know cuts back inside the route was just the timing of the throw from mahomes to that route i mean that's that's perfect uh football here in the you know the 21st century what you're looking for it was that kind of stuff gives you chills because those are the plays that um especially against a guy that's going to be a, a first ballot hall of famer and richard sherman those plays are uh what legends are made of and I'm sure Chiefs fans are always going to remember that route from Sammy Watkins. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, our uh, prop bet picks here. And as we said, we went through. Luckily, neither of us lost a lot of money. And uh, we uh, will continue and start preparing our prop bets for uh, the Super Bowl of next year. Uh, we have no idea who the teams are, but that's <laughs> where we do all the research is uh, on the prop bets. So, uh, But before, uh, like I said, before we wrap up this episode, there is a bit of news As we start to look ahead to um, free agency, 
all that good stuff. Uh, there's one name that seems to be out there, shocking, uh, more than usual, and that is Tom Brady, who uh, was <laughs> just leave it to Tom Brady. You got a Super Bowl going on, and and he's the one that sort of takes over without even playing in the game. Uh, he's always got to be, you know, the guy around the Super Bowl, even if he's not playing in it. So we go back to the the tweet he put out earlier in the week, and everyone's just going nuts, thinking, "Oh my gosh, what does this tweet mean?" Um, it's showing him, <laughs> you know, walking in a tunnel, and uh, that led to tons of speculation about his future. Turns out, it was uh, nothing more than sort of a a preview for uh, a a Hulu commercial, and uh, in it, you know, as if that was as if the tweet wasn't enough, he had to throw in the line of, "I'm not going anywhere." So let's read into that now. Um, this guy, I mean, he is a master when it comes to suspense uh, because he, I mean, that is like, that was the perfect one-two punch there. Patriots fans have no idea what he's doing. Uh, but what we do know is all the rumors surrounding him and everything at this point, uh, as, you know, we love our betting odds, we love all the rumors. Dylan, at this point, it seems like, you know, the Patriots are the team that, that every everyone thinks he's going to go back to the Patriots, mm-hmm. or at least a large group of people do. If he doesn't, uh, it seems like the, the two teams that are attracting the most attention, and again, these are from betting odds, uh, these are from reports, you know, you, everybody's, every town seemingly has seen Tom Brady and Giselle, <laughs> you know, shopping for, what was it, Nashville here, I think that was the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were looking for, for schools for their kids here in Nashville and all this other stuff. Uh, however, it looks like the the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, um, it's going to take a while to get used to that one, and mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Chargers seem to be the two teams uh, gathering all, all the attention and speculation right now. Yeah, the ad works out perfectly. Uh, it's It was actually one of the things we uh, commented onto the Brady's um, post on uh, Instagram from our Clutch Points account with a like a joke about him going to the Raiders. But then we followed it up when someone asked if we were like reporting that. We're like, oh, no, no, no. And I said, like, this is probably part of some Super Bowl ad. And sure enough, that actually played out. Yeah. Um, it works out well for him, though, in terms of the, the not going anywhere quote. Because if he, if he stays with the Patriots, then you can say it's about that. If he says not going anywhere and he signs with another team, it's just about him not leaving the NFL and keeping his uh, historic career going. I yeah, I, I tend to think that there's a really small chance that he leaves the Patriots, and I mean, I, I just I, the circumstances have that would have to be so so good, and I just don't know if those the, the situations where you can see him plugging in are the ones that we're talking about. I mean, the, the Raiders and Chargers, two teams that uh, I mean, the Raiders I guess had a shot week seventeen to make the playoffs, <laughs> but really underwhelmed th- down the stretch. They do have a solid offensive line, some fun uh, weapons of, to mess around with, and the Chargers uh, team that, as we before the year thought was going to be much better, and sure they have some upside, but I just I, I don't I don't know the. <laughs> <laughs> I know that those reports, we have the betting odds, but those reports came from, you know, about those teams pursuing them came from Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. So they're not, yep. these aren't some like kind of obscure things that are being discussed, but they're, they're all with the caveat. If Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, that's the part yep. that I, I just can't wrap my head around. I don't see it happening. Um, I would, I would like to see it happen just for the sheer, uh, the, the amount of drama between if he played on a team that plays the Pats next season, that would be a lot of fun. Um, just overall seeing what, how Belichick and that 
that Patriots organization moves on and what they're able to do with a different guy under center. Um, obviously, uh, the heir apparent, Jimmy Garoppolo, got shipped <laughs> off when the timing just didn't work out because Brady just refused to let his career in. So, uh, yeah, well, it's going to be fun. At least we have certain things to keep us occupied uh, through <laughs> now until, you know, we're going to have the scouting combine and free agency. Free agency only about a month away. So uh, not too much time to really uh, let it settle down. And with all the Tom Brady rumors and overall the quarterback rumors uh, and reports, and there's, there's just going to be a lot of guys that we're not used to this many uh, big names kind of being not uh, solidly signed with teams yeah nfl rumor season uh we love the super bowl we love the regular season but there is nothing like uh nfl rumor season when it comes to free agency potential trades and all that stuff and with brady like you mentioned i think sportsbetting.ag um you know 66.7 percent chance he goes back to the patriots so that's far and away the leader in terms of what he's going to do but then as we mentioned the raiders three to one odds Chargers four to one. The Bucks at seven to one. No, he's not joining. He's not joining Giannis uh, at uh, in Milwaukee. That's the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Giannis does not need him. Uh, they're good enough, no. and uh, he will not be joining uh, the Bucks. Um, the Panthers at nine to one. The Colts nine to one. Cowboys nine to one. So, uh, if anyone wants to uh, throw some bets out there, there you go. Good luck. Uh, I still think uh, betting on the Patriots. Probably something you usually usually like to do um, if you want to keep your money. Uh, not not in the playoffs this year, but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, going back there is the, is the best case, you know, for, for the Patriots for sure in terms of just seeing how things go. Uh, if he winds up with the Raiders, though, that will officially uh, break the Internet uh, without question. So, uh, all right, that wraps it up. Uh, the look back at Super Bowl 54 and uh, the start of, as I said, uh, crazy season in the NFL with all the uh, rumors, of free agency and all that. So uh, plenty of stuff uh, to keep you occupied here, even though the on-field action uh, is over, unless you're an XFL fan. Um, so be sure to uh, check all the stuff we have going on over at Clutch Points, Dylan. We have so much going on over there. All of our reaction uh, from the Super Bowl, from the big game, and uh, as we mentioned, uh, Tom Brady season, uh, free agency season, lots of stuff going on over at Clutch Points. Yeah, if you follow any of our NFL pages on, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, we'll be posting all our articles there. Obviously, um, you go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section. You can find all of our content, as Blake's mentioning. Yeah, lots of stuff. Rumor season coming up pretty quick. Uh, tons of reports on other teams. It's, uh, you know, they kind of had a, it's almost funny going into the Super Bowl. You have a dead period for everyone, uh, for the most part, outside of some big rumors. And then the two teams playing in the Super Bowl now, everything kind of kicks back into gear. Uh, teams start getting back to work. And uh, so we'll have that all covered at clutchpoints.com. Yeah, the NFL section there on the app. No more NFL games to follow, but you can follow baseball coming up pretty soon. Obviously, the NBA as well. And then all of our written content and our podcast can be found on the Clutch Points app. So, yeah, appreciate all the readers and listeners and uh, excited to keep our coverage going. Uh, yeah, like we say, I mean, uh, NBA kind of kicks up around this point, but NFL, the season never really ends. And, uh, and really until late May, the next few, three months are always so much fun. So much happening, so many things that are really going to shape up what the 2020 season is going to look like down the line. Yep, uh, should be a lot of fun, as we said. So be sure to check all that out. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, lots of great stuff uh, on the way over Clutch Points. So uh, thanks as always for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. 
And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.